Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 103. I'm enjoying a nice spell of weather here in the UK at the moment. Uh, it's meaning I'm a little bit busier than I, I thought I was going to be, and getting outside and getting a bit of work done. So um, my uh, my time for podcasting is feeling the pinch a little bit, as well as... Uh, Needing a little bit of time to get my game up and running last week. And the first session of that is something I'm going to talk about today. It's going to be a another school run podcast. And uh, I'm kind of treating it as a kind of role-playing reportage. Hello, folks. Yes, it's Spike Pit on the road again. We're off on another school run. Similarly, uh, a little bit busy with one thing and another, and uh, this is a good little time slot for me to get some quick thoughts down, and uh, hopefully I can keep it interesting. Well, the news is, it's the day after game day, I started my uh, basic fantasy campaign, running um, uh, a pre-written adventure, Tomb of the Serpent Kings. Hopefully not too much of a spoiler, as my players are no doubt listening. And, uh, yeah, so the session went well. We had a little bit of character generation at the beginning. Kept it brief. There's not too much involved with um, basic fantasy character creation. And if you don't get drawn into the shopping and going through the equipment... You're up and running in, well, probably, say, 10, 15 minutes. You've just got a little bit of... Um, I mean, the, the biggest part of it is just getting the information off of various tables and onto a character sheet, really. It could be sped up. You could get it a little bit quicker. You could use pre-gens. But for a longer campaign, really, who wants to do that? So we're up and running. We had quite a fight, a heavy party, which uh, seemed like quite an acceptable and sensible idea uh, we had one rogue and I'm experimenting with the rogue rules a little bit so we can we can touch on that a little bit later on also a magic user who was played by Arfed we had my two sons and a couple of our friends one of them is a returning gamer previously he played Funnily enough, um, whilst he served in the Royal Marines and uh, kind of got out of role playing and is a big board game enthusiast. And I actually met him whoo, some years back at uh, the local wargaming club of all places. He's quite a, a fan of American Civil War uh, miniatures games and. Um, did a little bit of Warhammer and fantasy stuff, but uh, he's largely, a, well, largely was a historical war gamer, and um, like a lot of us, as his circumstances changed, uh, maybe a little bit less time and lifestyle changes, he, he's gone more over to board games. He's another kind of collector, goes to the board game expo, and. Uh, plays board games with Arfed on a Monday night now. So that's the group. Um, all of us, with 
an exception of my eldest, Luca, kind of run games. So we're all quite sympathetic to the DM's plight, which has been discussed recently amongst the uh, OSR Anchorite community. Um, and I would say to sum this group up, player investment is on the uh, sort of medium to high range of uh, the investment scale, which as far as I'm concerned, that is good stuff. I uh, kind of drew the, drew the session to order with a little bit of music and chose Richard Carpenter, not Richard Carpenter, John Carpenter, that's me, uh, my <laughs> Robin of Sherwood fanaticism leaking into this. Uh, yeah, John Carpenter, Lost Themes, it's a download off of YouTube. And it's kind of that synth wave vibe. It, it's got a, a, a vaguely Stranger Things overtones, if that makes sense, if you're not familiar with it. And uh, yeah, that was all right. I think people found it a little bit weird and everything. But um, yeah, it, it, it kind of drew it. I find it quite effective in, in drawing a session to, to order and. For those that understand the significance, it um, kind of is a little bit of a date stamp almost, and uh, you know, a, a little sprinkling of nostalgia, which I like if I'm playing a sort of a, you know, what is basically, a, you know, a, a, an 80s game. Well, that's how I see it, and as I'm running it, well, that's what that's what we're going for. Um, what else can I say? So, I'm not going to bore you with the details. So, we, we got going. I started off media res um, with the group in the tomb, standing in the tomb, standing around the sarcophagus. And then, basically, I put a question to the group, you know, how do you know the guy to your left, uh, to your right? And um, let them kick it off. Turns out they're a basically caravan guards and one thing and another and it worked worked pretty well everybody like picked up where the previous person person left off and I just improvised a few sort of links and dropped a little bit of the campaign background kind of wove it in their story so when they said they were caravan guards I'll just add a, a couple of sentences of detail kind of agreeing with them and um explaining oh yeah yeah because you were going to uh that's right you were going to morgan's fort with a supply caravan and and then if talk of adventuring came up i can't remember if it did now but i stopped the recording there because basically i arrived at the school and we had all the embarkation of the kids and whatnot i resume the discussion with everybody and we're on our way to pick up Sonny. In this segment, Luca, my eldest son, he's just turned 15, makes his debut appearance on Spike Pit. He's a gamer of old. He's been playing since he was probably about five. Started off with games like Memoir and Ticket to Ride, stuff like that. Moved into role-playing games when I got interested in 5e and was putting a group together. Uh, I think that was three and a half, maybe four years ago now. So, let's hear what Luca's got to say. 
So it's uh, part two of the School Run podcast. We have uh, picked up uh, Luca and Daisy, and um, we're going to hear what Luca's got to say about last night's session. So, Luca, how do you think it went last night? Our first game of basic fantasy role playing. Well, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought the system was very good. Character generation, very simple, quick which obviously got the game underway a lot quicker for the people that hadn't done it previous to the session. So we got underway quickly, nice and smoothly. Yep. Um, we, were, we went straight into a scenario, though, well, it was a little bit of background about where we were and things, which uh, helped with the, the context of the campaign. But did you like how we worked that in with the how you knew each other? Because previously... Yeah, we've done it a few times before. It always helps just to get the characters, get a bit of a backbone to the characters, yeah. rather than just all turning up. Yeah, the other thing I wanted, I was trying to go for, and it sounds like you perhaps didn't notice it, uh, which is good, because quite often there's like a story or a bit of background that the um, the DM might read out, and I wanted to get away from that, and yeah. so I focused on you guys explaining how you knew each other, and then when you touched on something that was relevant to the campaign I just dropped in a couple of sentences or a little bit about you know oh well uh, I mentioned this earlier in the episode but uh, like you was on when you were talking about the caravan I goes oh well that was because you was on the way to Morgan's for blah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so you, did, you didn't sort of notice that was a, a kind of a new thing that I was doing it just kind of um, fell in yeah I think it fell in fairly well I think yeah. Certainly nothing major, anyway. And uh, so you quite like this. What do you? Some people are a little bit shy about maybe making up bits of the story and contri- what we say, you know, contributing to the narrative. Uh, what's your thoughts on all that? Well, I think yeah, I think it helps definitely build the characters, build the campaign, but rather than it just being from a book, it's more personal and unique. Really. And it, it's quite quick as well. Oh yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more efficient. Uh, reading out the background and writing out a background of your own. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the efficiency of it, and you can bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah, yeah. So um, we so we got going fairly quickly. What did you think about um, the actual kind of pace of play? I felt the pace of play was fairly slow. Yeah compared to normal just because we got a new member of the uh, the gaming group everyone was sort of having a chat part way through and a bit more comical than usual yeah I'd noticed that actually that it was uh, it was quite light hearted considering the circumstances but I wonder if some of that was um, because it was a little bit spooky do you think there was perhaps yeah, yeah it was do you think people might have been trying to lighten the seriousness of the mood a little bit with a bit of joking? Yeah, I feel we always try and we well we always do that anyway, really. Yeah, I find try that, and, uh, that seems to be human nature. I think we do sort of destroy the atmosphere a bit. I didn't think it destroyed it though. You think it destroyed the atmosphere? Well, well, yeah, I think it did really. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, what like? There was a few like meta game references, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, so the immersion you felt that 
kind of impacted the immersion you sort of yeah, took yeah. you out of the game a little bit yeah which well, I don't have a problem with really but people would I know uh, half Ed certainly would have a few things to say about that I should think and um, yeah I mean uh, on the scale of humour to seriousness I say half Ed in game tends to enjoy a little bit of a more serious session as yeah. um, over perhaps a, a more light-hearted session but uh, I, don't, I don't think he, he really I don't think it bothers him it's just his, his own personal style mm. um, so what about so we talked about just breaking the immersion a little bit yeah um, what about actually because it's notable that we didn't have any combat would that have been something you picked up on oh yeah certainly noticed it obviously um i was i was going to be interested to see how we all the characters fared in combat but i'm sure we will have that opportunity sometime soon you never know yeah. obviously a game of D, there's every likelihood um Dungeon Master professionalism prevents me from commenting further. Yeah, obviously. Um, so that that's that. I um, what about this ability checks? In it was quite a a high target. It's for first level yeah, characters. It's... You need to hit a seventeen, and hardly anybody had um, attribute bonuses, which would have been added. So there was a couple of checks to do different things where people were needing a roll of 17 and I don't think any of them came off, did they? I, I think Sonny might have rolled one. I know he made a save, he, he rolled a 19 yeah, a on, a, on, it, yeah. on a save. I think the ability checks are very difficult, but there's more you can do without them, I think. That's yeah, part of the idea, I think. Yeah, there's less emphasis on rolling, more emphasis on describing what you're doing to solve the problems. Yeah. And, and some people who play this older school type of game do consider needing a role making a role is almost a failure to um, to solve their problem yeah so what I thought as uh, a quite streamlined way of improving that yeah. I don't want to do like loads of temp uh, tampering with these rules initially but as is as is the way of things, I, I am very tempted to introduce the uh, advantage and disadvantage mechanic. The yeah, advantage and disadvantage things quite important in a lot of these games. Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure how, but in uh, basic fantasy, when it talks about that ability rule, which is an optional rule, the ability check, it does say about adding modifiers, conditional modifiers at the DM's discretion and one thing and another. Yeah. And I think a good way of doing a kind of a, a streamlined uh, modifier is the advantage-disadvantage mechanic. So that's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about a little bit. But if you start adding these rules in, you're going to have to take sort of things out. If you keep making it easier, there's going to have to be things sort of countering it rather than just... Sort of balancing it out, I think. But a good thing about advantage and disadvantage is it, it sort of balances itself because you've got both sides of the coin there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, 
So I might do that. The yeah. other thing I introduced was I wanted to create some, add a little bit of tension with the timekeeping. Instead of marking off like a tally of turns, I yeah. don't I don't use a screen and stuff like that. So I'm a little bit limited with how I set myself up. Yeah. And um, so I got got this idea from a guy called the Angry GM. Wow. I forget what his actual name is now, but he, he's got this idea for um, a time mechanic where you, like we had, where you drop a dice in. For for activities that are, are roughly a turn, you you drop a dice in, and then uh, that goes up to six dice. And when there's six dice, you roll them, and any ones result in a kind of negative effect. Yeah. In addition to that, if the characters are doing something uh, a, a bit risky or a little bit ludicrous or noisy or whatever, at any yeah. time you can pick up these dice and you, you can roll them. There's a little bit more to it than that. But, yeah, because um, obviously if you're in a town and you go and order a drink or whatever, five turns of ordering drinks later, something negative probably won't happen. Other than the fact you'll be drunk. But well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you what did you think about that time? Do you think that? I mean, I didn't have it working as as smoothly as I'd like it. I've got to go no. back. I've got to go back and look it up a little bit for some of the nuances yeah. for that idea. But did you did you um, did you feel that that tension a little bit, or were you? Uh... Oh yeah, we were definitely. Oh, I was definitely paying attention to it. Sort of trying to get things moving rather than just hanging around chatting about what we're going to do. I did think uh, the play was pretty cautious. Yeah, prodding, not prodding, poking around, going on. Yeah, which is, um, you know, that is part of the older school style of play. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason I, I wanted to introduce that time mechanic was to keep that that sensible, you know, just kind of keep a little bit of pressure on so that you're not checking on checking and checking and checking all the while yeah um, yeah well I think in that case then I think it does need to be captured a little bit better then yeah I'd say it didn't yeah. quite have enough influence on what people were doing I think it was interesting that um, Arfed was the most cautious and the elf yeah. and uh, at one point I did comment that that is quite an, probably an elfish way to go being long lived having yeah. all the time in the world you know they, they're the most likely to um, not go rushing in and I thought <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting yeah that was as an aside yeah well I think you're going to be fairly cautious once one of your party's just been knocked around the head and completely obliterated by a, a trap ah so this is an interesting point you make you are bringing the um I won't go too much into the details in, in case people are listening and not played the scenario, but there was a fatality involving a trap, and this is, wow, is this a first? I think this is uh, a first. For a trap. In this group of in, players. In our group of players, in a 5e environment, well, certainly when you've been the DM anyway. Yeah, we've, not, yeah, we've yeah. not seen a... Fatality from you know tangling with a trap failing a saving throw boom dead yeah he was well killed as well he was really not 
was dead. Yeah, he was crushed. We didn't even have the save thrown, did we? Uh, yeah, death save. There, I mean, death save. There was there was three three characters um, working on uh, what they didn't realise was a trap. Uh, the trap was triggered, and through planning, it's interesting to note that what, through planning, one of you avoided. The trap. Yeah, my character, I was on the floor. Yeah, you was laying down, working at the trap. You kind of had, you had a little bit of vision, seeing it coming. Another, uh, Sonny's character, made a successful save, rolled a 19 and dodged it. And uh, Ricky's character just never saw it coming and was crushed to death. Basically. Failed save. Yeah. Took... Uh, Actually took 4d6 damage. And took 14. And took 14, which was over over double his hit points. About average damage of 4d6. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a turn up for the books. I think he looked quite shocked. Yeah, uh, he was a bit. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because he's only been playing. We've only, we'd only been in the game 45 minutes and we lost the character. Now the other, it did present me with a problem because there's an optional rule in the back of Basic Fantasy, which I didn't intended to use. That when your character is taken down to um, zero hit points, they get a like a turn the body over death save roll that we've been using in ICRPG. Yeah, it did seem very unrealistic, though. But yeah, exactly. You're minus seven damage, and then or what, minus yeah, I think it was minus seven. It, it didn't fit the narrative, did it? I uh, I thought about it afterwards and, and thought, oh, you know what? We I could have probably done this, could have done that, no, but I don't think so. it was best left it was as we were. Cool, I think, yeah. So I think that addresses most of this, the system type questions, yeah. and uh, we'll perhaps check in with you again next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Luca. Catch yeah, you later. No problem. See you soon. There's more I could say, but I'm going to call it a day there. It's starting to get a little bit longer than I'd like it to be, and uh, I don't want you folks windowing out on me. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, and my thanks to Luca for his valued input. I know the, uh, the quality is likely to set podcasting back a few years, but, you know, what can I do? I'm just trying to fit it in with a busy life and I don't want to be stuck editing I want to play games and have some fun so um, yep thanks for putting up with me take care and I'll catch you later